really a, a favorite time of the year for me. I, I, as I've grown older, I've watched it become less important to us at times, this season of Thanksgiving I'm talking about. It seems like that anymore, and we're driven by, uh, by so many that uh, in the retail and that kind of thing to move quickly to the next season, that sometimes we just skip right over things that are very important. Uh, even before Halloween, I saw Christmas decorations up in stores getting ready for the holidays. And it just seems like that we can barely get through one uh, holiday before the other one is thrust upon us. It just seems to me that sometimes we just move very swiftly through this time of Thanksgiving. And I would like to suggest to you that Thanksgiving really is one of the better holidays that we have in the United States. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I like to use Thanksgiving kind of as a reset moment for me. I don't know about you, but I can get a bad attitude every now and then. Can you say amen? And every now and then it just seems like that the gears are not clicking the way that they should. Uh, life gets frustrating and I get cranky and irritable and all of that. And so when Thanksgiving comes around, it kind of gives me the opportunity uh, to reset my mind and to say, you know, God has not called me to be cranky. God has not called me to be critical, amen? But God has called me to be filled with thanksgiving and with praise. I don't think that there is a finer passage of scripture in the word of God than Psalm chapter 100 because it speaks so clearly and so beautifully about what our spirit should be like. And I'd like to read the entire chapter, but I'm going to go ahead and share with you that I'm going to spend most of my time over the next two weeks in verse 4. But let's read it all today so that we can get context. Psalm 100, beginning at verse 1, says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his, we are his people, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you'll open our hearts today. I, I come with great expectation as a minister, knowing that the words that I speak today will be powerful, not because of me, but because they, they originate from you. And you always send your word forth in such a way that it can be received and positive things can happen in our lives. It always accomplishes everything that you send it forth to do. And so I take great confidence in knowing that today. I pray for this congregation today. I believe that if they're here, they came with purpose in mind. That purpose is twofold. Number one, they came to worship you and honor you. But secondly, they came to receive the word of God. And I believe sitting before me today are people who are excited about receiving the word of God as it comes today. They've already made up their mind that they're going to put it to good use in their lives and allow it to expand their spirituality and take them to a place where they've never lived or existed before. So knowing that and believing that today, I can already rejoice in knowing that good things will come from this gathering this morning. I pray that you'll grow us in grace, supply us with mercy, and give us the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom that we need to be successful in this life and our living for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I've already made up my mind that I'm going to leave here better than I was when I came. Go ahead and tell them that this morning. Amen. While I'm turning to my notes this morning, I'm getting emails one after another, right? I, I forgot to put it on uh, whatever it is that you put it on airplane mode, but that's all right. Don't you dare email me while I'm preaching. 
text me or anything like that. I will lay hands on you, I promise, without the help of the Spirit. I'm just kidding. No, as I've already said, this is, this is really a great time of the year for me. It, Thanksgiving to me is so much, uh, so much more than just turkey and dressing, although I like that. I also like apple pie, Dutch apple pie with the crumbs on the top. And I, oh, it's my absolute favorite. And when you put Bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream on the top of it, I mean, you just slap your grandma all day long. That's good stuff. And it seems that you can only get that at certain times of the year. So I take advantage of it. And I'll just go ahead and tell you that I may put on three or four or five pounds during this season. So get off my back. It'll be all right. When January comes, I'll get skinny again. And some of you are looking at me and saying, you've never been skinny in your life, sir. But I, I, Thanksgiving to me is really so much more than all that stuff. It's good and it helps us celebrate. But really, Thanksgiving is about a way of life. It's really something that we should acknowledge every day of our life. That God has not called us to be critical people who create chaos wherever we are, but He has called us to live in a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude. And so today I want to just talk about that for a little bit this morning. And I want to leave three simple thoughts with you about this idea of thanksgiving. Now, verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So the first thing that I want you to understand today is that thanksgiving is a mindset. As I've already said, it's a way of life more than a week in our time. Thanksgiving is a mindset. The words thank you can be fraudulent. Now let me explain to you what I mean by that. We sometimes say things, but we don't really mean it. We can sometimes say things that will cause people to think things that are not necessarily so. Men, has your, ever, has your wife ever come to you and said, do these pants make me look fat? Now, sometimes our words can be fraudulent. Is that not correct? How many of you men have ever gone to your wife and said, does my beard make me look sexy? Women, sometimes our words can be fraudulent because we say things that will cause people to think things that are not necessarily so. Is that not true? And so there are times in our life that we can say things like, thank you, but we don't really mean it. We're just trying to cause someone to think that we're thankful when in fact we're not really thankful. Sometimes we say thank you and we don't really mean it. So sometimes the words thank you can be fraudulent. Sometimes the words thank you can be insincere. In other words, we say them, but boy, we really don't mean it at all. Let me give you an example of that. Several years back, uh, it was almost Christmas time, and Donna and I and the family had left to go visit with her family during the holidays, and, and, and we seldom ever celebrate on the actual holiday because our life has been one where we've been apart from each other. But we made the journey to her mom and dad's house and we arrived, the, the tree was set up and the Christmas gifts were underneath. And of course, me being the person that I am, I wanted to see if there was one under there for me. And sure enough, I found one that looked very interesting to me. It was a large box and, and it was decorated very nicely and had my name on it. And I then realized that there were a couple of other boxes that uh, were just like my box. And they had my two brother-in-law's names written on those boxes. And I was intrigued by these boxes. And I'm, I'm anticipating the moment when, when we can open this box and celebrate what would obviously be a wonderful gift once I got past all the wrappings of it. So when the time came for us to open, they passed them out. 
My in-laws were looking with great big smiles on their face because they just knew that we were going to love this gift that was in this box. And when we opened them up and tore into them and got to them, I found in my box the strangest and possibly the ugliest sports jacket I've ever seen in my life. And I immediately felt this strange sense that I needed to say thank you for something that I absolutely hated. You know what I'm saying? And I, I picked up this sports jacket and I looked at it and my mind is saying you will never, ever wear that anywhere at any time in your life. I looked at my brother-in-laws and one of my others were lo was looking at it in the same way that I was looking at mine as if to say this is the most hideous thing I have ever seen in my life. And the third brother-in-law looking at his holding it up was snickering at the two of us because he knew he had been responsible for all of us getting the exact same sports jacket. You see, he liked it. He loved it. He had made a comment. Boy, I'd love to have something like that. And so they bought the sports jacket with him in mind, not realizing that me and the other one would absolutely hate it. So here I find myself in this place where I have to respond. I have to say something. And I, I reach way down inside to express some gratitude for think of me, thinking of me in that way. Thank God I did not lie and say this is the best sports jacket I've ever seen in my life. And so he said, try them on, try them on. We want to take a picture. We want to see everyone in theirs. And so I took mine out and I put mine on and it, it would only come to like right here. It was the wrong size. And right there in that moment, I said, thank you, Jesus. And I was sincere. I really was. I had not been, in, I had not been sincere saying thank you to my, 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 my in-laws, but I was sincere. Thank and then I heard the magic words. If it's not right or if it doesn't fit, I kept the receipt and you are welcome to take them back and get whatever you want. Not only did I race to get my receipt, but my other brother-in-law got his as well while the other one laughed in glee at us. Now, sometimes what I'm saying to you is thank you can be insincere. We can say it because we want to not be offensive to others but it doesn't really ring true because it's not sincere. So the words thank you can be fraudulent. They can be insincere. But the words thank you can also be evidence that there is a thankful mindset in us. So there are times that we say thank you by faith. There are times that we say thank you knowing that I may not see it now, but somehow this is going to work good in me. And since the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, I can go ahead and give thanks now knowing that whatever it is that God is doing in me now, no matter how unpleasant that it may be, or no matter if I cannot see the evidence of the fruit that it will bear in my life, I can be grateful because I know that God will not do anything in me or to me that will not work good on my behalf. So we can be thankful. And our words can be evident of a thankful mindset. A mindset of thanksgiving combined with our words and actions can produce an attractive soul. That's on the screen. I want you to take a look at it. A mindset of thanksgiving combined with our words and our actions can produce an attractive soul. Now, there are some people in this world that are just not attractive. Would you say amen to that? I'm not talking about looks. I'm not talking about the way they dress or present themselves. I'm talking about their attitude. 
they're just not very attractive because they live in this negative mindset. But again, I repeat, God has not called us to live a negative life. He has not called us to be critical. He has not called us to pick everything apart so that we can criticize it and create chaos in our life. God has called us to produce things that are fruitful and that are good. So thanksgiving, along with our words and our actions, can produce an attractive soul within us. I don't know about you, but I like to be around people that have an attractive soul. Now, you know that we're tripart. We're body, soul, and spirit. The body is what it is. We are, we look like what we look like. Our body is physical. It's fleshly. Our soul is where our emotions live. Our personality takes up residence in the soul. We're happy in our soul. We're sad in our soul. We're decisive in our soul. We're indecisive there. It's where the the rule of emotions are. And the spirit is where God resides within us. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, I got started on this, and I can't hardly get stopped on it. And some of you were in the back building, so I'm going to touch on it for just a second this morning. All of us, if we are, if, if we are Christians, our spirit should be the same because the spirit is where God resides, So the spirit man is what God intends for it to be, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the age of your your physical body, no matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you're a, a United States citizen, or if you came here from Mexico, or if you live in Romania, or if you live in Africa, or if you're from China, or wherever you're from, the spirit of God does not change. The spirit of God is the same. So love is the same in America as it is in China and as it is in Africa and as it is anywhere else on the globe. Why? Because God is love. And if God resides in us, then love resides in our spirit. And we all manifest love in our spirit because God lives there. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you happy about that? Now, our soul may be very different because that is where our personality resides. For instance, Paul Pitts likes to hunt. He just posted a picture on Facebook about a hunt that he was involved with four years ago, was it? And he had the deer and he had the picture and you could see the pride on his face that he had made a good kill and it was a good hunt. And that's Paul. But there are some men in this place, you wouldn't care if you ever went hunting because it's not you. It's not who you are. So Paul may have that characteristic while Greg has an entirely different characteristic. Jamie, he loves U of L sports. And he's either very depressed or he's very hopeful right now. One or the other. And maybe a little bit of both, depending on what day of the week it is. But let me tell you something. If the day ever comes that they announce Jeff Brom as the new head coach at UofL, Jamie is going to run the tops of the pews. He will be excited. He will feel hope. And those of you who are UK fans, you won't give a diddly rip. Because you don't care. It's not you. So our soul is very different, but our spirit is the same. But what God is making in us is a soul that reflects him. He is who he is in our spirit, but he's trying to form our soul into his likeness. So that we can say, I am who I am because I am like Christ. So what I'm telling you today is a mindset of thanksgiving combined with our words and our actions produce an attractive soul. Secondly, somebody just sent me an email. Thank you for that. 
Secondly, thanksgiving brings divine access. Now, this is a very important thing for us to understand. Because when we're grateful and we manifest thanksgiving in our life, it takes us to a place where we could not go if we were not thankful individuals. Now, I want you to notice one word in verse 4. And depending on which translation you're reading, it may show up in a different place. But trust me, I know it's there because I've, I've checked all the different translations. It is this word, enter. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So to enter his gates is not so much a command as it is a key to higher living. Let me say that again. Enter his gates is not so much a command as it is a key to higher living. Now, if God just comes to us and says, I command you to be thankful. I demand that you are. You have no choice in the matter. Be thankful. Be grateful for this. Now, I can remember when my kids were little, because we were trying to teach them to be grateful and to be thankful, we would require them to say thank you. If someone came to the table and served them in some way or gave them more water in their glass or whatever it was, we taught them to say thank you. But God is not going to make you say thank you. He is not going to do that because if he did, it would be a violation of your will. And the one thing that God has promised not to do is violate your will. So if you're going to be grateful and thankful, it's because you choose to live that lifestyle. So thanksgiving is a key that grants you access into a higher and a more mature way of living. Our house that, that, that we live in has one of those digital um, padlocks on it, or, or what do you, whatever you call them, not padlock. You could take that off with a, with a hacksaw, whatever that thing is that locks the doors. You just walk up to it and you punch the code in and then hit star. And when you punch the code in and hit star, it opens itself and you can walk into the house. And once you walk into the house, you have access to whatever the home will provide you. <clears throat> but if you don't have a key to that door, and if you don't have the code to that, code, that door, then you cannot gain access into what is in the home without breaking the law. By breaking a window and entering without proper instruction and permission. So what I'm saying to you is, is that there's this place where God wants us to live and reside. And the only way that we can arrive there is when we enter there. And the way we enter there is by using the proper code. And the proper code is a mentality of thanksgiving and gratefulness. It says, enter into his gates. Now, let me just tell you something today. And and I hope you uh, don't get mad at me or angry with me or say, boy, pastor must be in a bad mood today. I'm not in a bad mood at all. But I just want to say, you, uh, say to you that as long as you live your life like you are the Grinch that stole Christmas, you're never going to be able to access the maturity that God wants to lead you to. If you live every day of your life like somebody broke your face and it won't turn in an upward manner, I'm telling you, you're not going to have a whole lot of friends in your life because nobody wants to be around an old sourpuss. Say amen or oh me. And the thing is, is that we can choose to be happy. We can choose to be grateful. We can choose to be thankful. Or we can likewise choose to be an old sourpuss. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an old sourpuss. Because I don't like sourpusses. And I sure don't want to be one. So I'd rather be happy. 
I'd rather be joyful. Yesterday, we were, or the day before, whenever it was, I was brushing my teeth, and, and I don't know, I got really anointed, I guess, because there was toothpaste all over me, and my, it was all over my beard, it was in my beard, it, it was just everywhere, and I, I looked like a rabid dog, I really did, and I, I stuck my head out of the bathroom, and I looked at my wife, and I said, look, I'm foaming at the mouth. And I don't know what it was about that, but I got tickled and I belly laughed for I don't know how long. I don't know when's the last time that you belly laugh, but let me tell you something. To belly laugh is good for your soul. It will bring joy to you. And I still laugh thinking about me looking like this rabid dog and my wife looking at me and thinking you have lost your mind. Some of you just need to pull your big boy britches up and say, I am not going to be a sourpuss. I'm going to enjoy the life that God has given to me because he hasn't given me a life of sourpussity, but he has given us a life of abundance. Amen. You can quote me on that. I like the way the message Bible says this. It says, enter with the password, thank you, and make yourself at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. I like that. Enter with the password, thank you. You know, that's the reason the scripture says, enter into his gates. With thanksgiving. This is a reference to the Old Testament tabernacle where there were different parts of the tabernacle. There was the outer courts, there was the inner courts, and there was the Holy of Holies. The public could come to the outer courts and bring their sacrifices to God, but there were only a few who could come in to the inner courts and enter there. And there was only one, the high priest, who could go into the Holy of Holies, and that once per year, and the regulations were so stringent that they tied a rope around his ankle with a little bell on it so that if he did something that displeased God and God struck him dead in the Holy of Holies, they could pull his dead carcass out of the Holy of Holies. And so this is a reference where he's saying, hey, when you get on the edge of God's glory, when you're approaching him, when you're coming into where God resides, when you're coming into the the holy gathering of the body of Christ and the people of God, don't come in here bringing all your trash and bringing all your chaos and bringing all your junk. And if you're going to bring it, at least bring it saying, I'm going to leave it at the foot of Calvary so that when I leave this house today, I'm going to be free from the weight of my burdens. The better way to come in is not come in and say, man, I've been sick all week. I feel like junk. I wish I hadn't come. I hope I give it to everybody who's in the house of God today because if I have to suffer, I'd like for them to suffer too. I've got a bad attitude. I wish I hadn't come. It's raining outside. It's icy outside. I ain't got no power. I ain't got no fire. I ain't got no nothing. Doom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck. I'd have no luck at all. I just wonder what would happen if one Sunday that everybody, when they went, walked out to the car at their house, got in it and said, oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to, I'm going to edify my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going with a mindset that when I walk into the room, somebody's going to be encouraged because I'm there. Not necessarily because of who I am, but because of who Christ is in me. I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. I'm going to walk in. I'm may be slumped over somewhat, but I'm going to speak words of praise and thanksgiving and glory, and I will not leave here like I came in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, to enter into something means that it moves you from one place to another. 
What the psalmist is saying is, is that if you want to get out of your negativity, move from it. It's your choice. It's your responsibility. It'd be like me saying, God, I need to lose about 20 pounds. And I pray that you'll help me to do that. Lord, I pray that everything I put in my mouth will be void of calories and carbs. And only the good stuff will be there to help me. Lord, I know you're a miracle working God. I've read about how that you caused the the ocean to split wide open. People walk through on dry ground. If you can do something that amazing. Lord, I've heard that you raised the dead back to life again. I've heard, Lord, in the Old Testament where you caused the dry bones to rattle, shake, and roll and then stand up with the breath of life in them. God, surely, if you can do that, you can help me to eat this entire box of Krispy Kreme donuts without it having any negative effect upon me. I hate to rain on your parade, but let me just tell you, it ain't going to happen. Those calories are still going to be there and those carbs are still going to be there. And when you're done and your belly swells up the size of Montana, you're going to say, I wish I had made that. You see, we got to give something to God to work with. We've got to give him something and say, my faith, My discipline is going to allow you to work in us and in me in a way that it couldn't work any other way. Say this and I'll move on. There are levels of revelation that can only be accessed through it, through the avenue of thanksgiving. Let me say it again because this is important. There are levels of revelation that can only be accessed through the avenue of thanksgiving. I remember several years ago... um, Something happened that was very surprising in our life that we weren't expecting. We were, uh, we, we were involved in a church plant situation. We'd, uh, we'd been digging this church out at the request of the overseer, and we had seen good success. In fact, one year we won the fastest growing Church of God congregation in the state of Illinois. Woohoo! I mean, it was going well. And then one of the council members, um, we found out was a pedophile. And I've told you this story before, and I'm not going to go into all that, except just to say when we found that out, it, it destroyed the church. I mean, people left like crazy. I was like, I, I'm not going to attend a church where there's a pedophile. I say, he's not here anymore. He's in jail. Yeah, but I'm not going to be, I'm, nope, I'm gone. And they left like crazy. And one day, The overseer called me and he said, I have worked it out for you to accept a church in the state of Virginia. I said, I don't want to accept a church in Virginia. I want to stay here and I want to see restoration take place in this situation. He said, well, about that. We've decided that there's such a negative reputation in the little community where you are that we're just going to shut it down and we're going to take you and put you at this church in Virginia. It made me mad. But that's the way they did things back there. You know, I'm 150 years old. I didn't know if you knew that or, or not. That's the way the church of God used to operate. They said they're going to be expecting you and your lovely family to arrive in a couple of weeks. You're going to Shorts Creek, Virginia, where literally the creek ran underneath the church. You could look at it on one side, it ran underneath, and it came out on the other side underneath the church. I didn't want to be there. I, nobody asked me if I wanted to be there, and I had a bad attitude. I was broke. I was in debt because of the church that I'd just come from, because we were barely making it, and I had a sour attitude, let me tell you. And when those people of that church welcomed us, I thought, you don't know this, but I don't even want to be here. I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to like it at all. But something happened in that three and a half years that changed my mindset. Because I remembered one day as the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Don't you ever forget, son, that I order your steps. 
I will not allow harm to come to you if you are following me and you're persistently doing what my word declares for you to do. And so we started, we rolled up our sleeves, we got going. And you know what? It wasn't long before my whole attitude changed. There were some of the sweetest, nicest people that I'd ever met. They loved us. I mean, they cared about us. One of the funniest moments that I think I've ever experienced in my life was the day when one of the old grannies of the church brought my wife a pair of strap-on brogan boots so that she could help stirring the apple butter at fall festival time. She said, you can't stir apple butter in those shoes, Sister Baker. She said, it's all I have. She said, wait right here. And she went home and she went and got some of those granny boots that come all the way up here. And it was a fun, I, I had to go away because I was laughing so hard. We stayed there three and a half, four years, something like that. And God moved us on to another situation. But during the time that we were there, we got out of debt. They, they, they helped us. It was the first opportunity that I ever had to go to a mission field. And we went to Korea while we were there. It was going to be just me. And when the church found out I was going alone, they said, you can't be trusted to be by yourself. So we're sending your wife as well. Whatever it costs, she's going to Korea too. And we were privileged to go together. And you know what I'm saying is, is that if we're not careful, we can develop a mindset that creates chains around circumstances that come into our life when God may be trying to move us up to a place of maturity where we've never lived before. I can look back on it now. And I can see so many ways that God blessed us. I can see so many things that he brought into our lives in that time and in that season that have impacted us and affected us in a positive way even to this day. So what I'm trying to tell you today is that no matter what it is that you might be facing in your life, stay hopeful and continue to be grateful knowing that God is taking you where he wants you to be and you will grow and mature through your circumstances and finally and I'm quitting a mindset produces a lifestyle evidenced by perpetual thanksgiving let me say it again a mindset produces a lifestyle evidenced by perpetual thanksgiving now, if all I do is just say the right words at the right time, but my heart's not right, come help me quit if you don't mind. I, I, I could preach all day, you know that. If, if all I have is words with no heart to back it up, I'm just speaking words. And just say the words and the words and the words and the words. But when I change my heart with the help of God, then I live a lifestyle with the information that I have. Now, let me tell you, you know I've been harping on this for months. And, I, and I'm so thankful that the Lord has given me this revelation because I'm seeing it in some of you. But it starts with knowledge, which is information. And then it flows to understanding, which is when the light bulb comes on. And then it is activated with wisdom so the knowledge is God wants me to be grateful he wants me to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving the understanding is that when I am thankful good things happen in my life and in the lives of others that's the understanding the reason God wants me to be thankful knowledge is that he wants it to have an impact on my life and other lives as well. That is understanding. So where does wisdom come in? Wisdom is that special anointing to help us to activate it when the time is right. To know that God has directed my path to this moment, to this person, and to realize that my words and my actions toward this person can be transformative to them if I'm obedient to the Word of God. So a mindset 
produces a lifestyle evidenced by perpetual thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? It means that if I practice this thing on a regular basis, I don't have to think about it. It becomes part of who I am. When my parents were teaching me to be thankful and grateful, they would remind me. They'd say, don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to say thank you. It's funny right now that Aaron and Justin are teaching Jovi and Harper how to be thankful. And so they have to remind them at the restaurant. They will ask them to order. And at the conclusion of their order, they'll say thank you. And the little girls, they say thank you. If they bring them a glass of water, they'll look at the little girls and they'll look and they'll say, thank you. You parents are doing that too. And you will teach them to be grateful. You will teach them to be thankful. And it will work their entire lives, except for when they're teenagers. I don't know what happens when they become teenagers. It's like everything that's in there just goes out the window. But the good news is it comes back. It'll return. It'll come back. But what I'm telling you is, is that when we learn how to walk in the Spirit, when we learn how to walk in the Spirit of thanksgiving and gratefulness, we don't have to say, I need to remember now, what do I do next? And what do I say? What should I say in this situation? How should I respond here? What, what's the proper protocol? What? Now, you won't have to do that because the Spirit of God who lives where? in you will whisper to your soul which is where your personality resides and he will instruct you as to what the proper response is so you'll find yourself just walking in the spirit walking and talking with gratitude walking and talking with thanksgiving walking and talking because you're so grateful that God blessed you with the husband or the wife that you have you'll be so great you won't have to have your spouse say you know you don't ever say I'm pretty and you don't ever say I'm good looking and you don't ever you know encourage me and edify no no you won't have those kind of conversations because you will be so full of the the thankfulness of God and the gratitude of God and the spirit of God that you'll just look at that spouse and you'll say you are a gift from God to me and I don't always like everything that you say and do but I am thankful for you can I just give you a little suggestion about your relationship leave that last part out you don't have to say You know, I'm thankful to God for you, but just leave everything from but to the rest of the Just leave it out. Say, I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful that he put someone of your caliber in my life. My life is so much better because of you. I love you so much. I will love you forever. I'm glad that you're mine. You know, our words will show the evidence of the fruit of thanksgiving in our lives. Mindset produces a lifestyle evidenced by perpetual thanksgiving. Turn over to Ephesians Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, or it'll be on the screen probably as well. So how often do I have to do this? Man, it seems like I've been preaching a long time. It's not even 10 to 12 yet. Guys can relax. Yeah, all right. We're going to do it. Ephesians 5 and verse 20 says, Giving thanks always. Look at your neighbor and say always. And for everything. Look at your neighbor and say everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You mean... You mean I'm supposed to be give thanks always and for everything? I'm pretty sure that's what it says. I might be wrong. But I'm almost positive that always means always. And I'm pretty sure that everything means everything. Now before you beat yourself up, let me just tell you it takes a process to get to that place. What I just read to you right there 
That's a place of maturity that you'll never access until you put the password of thanksgiving in the lock, which will then take you to a place of maturity that will allow you to say what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there's any way that you can let this cup pass from me, let it be so. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You know what's so fun about preaching? I can see it in your faces. I know that some of you right now are saying, he's challenging me to a higher level. I can't live where I've lived before. I can't stay back there. It's preventing me from having the fullness of Christ in me. What he's saying today is truth, and I'm going to have to take hold of it and apply it to my life. But I know that if I do, I'm going to come out better and stronger and more mature than I've ever been before. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Thanksgiving. It's a time to reset our minds. It's time for us to say, you know, I've let the things of this world affect me negatively in a, in a way this year that I'm not happy with. But I don't have to live there perpetually because my steps are ordered of the Lord. I can live perpetually in a place of thanksgiving and maturity so that those things that once moved me will move me no longer. Like the psalmist said, Oh, I shall not be greatly moved. In other words, I'm going to be moved somewhat by the circumstances. But then he started thinking about God and how great God is and how wonderful God is and how powerful God is and how great the Spirit of God is in him. And he said, hey, hey, let me change my report. I'm not going to be greatly moved. I've decided to declare that I shall not be moved. Not at all. Because I'm going to stand in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you will. Oh, I had fun preaching today. Everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask you a pretty pointed question. And nobody's looking around, so it's just me and you and the Spirit of the Lord. But let me just ask you point blank, how many of you need to correct your attitude? Just slip your hand up. You can put it down. How many of you just need to remember the words of Zig Ziglar who said, let's do a checkup from the neck up to eliminate stinking thinking? Is that you today? Yeah. Don't feel alone. You weren't looking. I was. Almost every hand in this house went up. So we're all in this thing together. We all arrive at that place. Sometimes it takes different circumstances and at different times in our life, but we all walk this journey together. But the good news is that if you want the Lord to deliver you and give you a reset moment, this can be it. You have great opportunities. You say, well, you don't know. I am, I am not looking forward to having together with my dysfunctional family. Somebody started a dysfunctional family thing on Facebook. I, I don't understand it all. I just know that somebody said that I thought I saw a reindeer. I don't know what that means. Because the truth is, I thought I saw a putty cat. But apparently, it was a reindeer. Now, some of you may be thinking, if you had to go sit down at the table with the family that I have. Let me tell you something. You have the ability in you to transform the atmosphere wherever you are, wherever you are. Things ought to get better because of the Spirit of Christ that is in you. You don't have to look around the table and say, 
you sorry thing. If you just get your act together, you don't have to do that. All you have to do is just love people with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit melt their heart. And when the time is right, they'll come running to you and saying, please tell me, give an explanation for the hope that is in you. And it will give you the opportunity to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you I love you? I'm so thankful to you. I'm so thankful for you and all that God is doing in your life and the future and what you're going to become because of what God's Spirit is doing in you. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for every individual that lifted your hand and said, I need my attitude corrected. You don't have to come up here. Well, yes, you do, because we're going to have communion. So I want the ushers to come and get in place, and we're going to close with communion. But while they're coming, I want to pray for you, that the Lord's going to help you to use this season, this week, to institute a new process of thanksgiving and gratitude in your life and have a reset moment that only the Spirit of God can give you. Let's pray. Father, I know that you and I saw every hand that went up a few minutes ago saying that I need my attitude to be softened. I need need my spirit to be changed into your likeness. Lord, I've allowed my, my attitude to get a little rough, gruff, negative in nature. And I know you've not called me to that. So Lord, I'm asking you today through your power and in your name to enable me to be able to put off those filthy rags of unrighteousness and put on a garment of praise and thanksgiving that will shine forth from my life. So much so that when people look at me, they will say, what in the world has happened to this person? They once were the Grinch. And now they're just so much easier to be around people of grace, people of mercy. Lord, that's who we want to be because of you. Grant it, Lord, we ask in Jesus' lovely name for your glory.